morning, church. Y'all could do better than that. Good morning, church. All right, y'all know the next routine. On your feet as we read the word of God. I'll be reading from the first chapter of John, starting at verse 35. And the text reads as follows. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. You see, John didn't get it twisted. He understood that his whole purpose in life was to prepare the way for the Savior. And the disciples followed Jesus as a result of John's direction. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to open your word and speak to your people. So I pray that you would move me out of the way, Lord, that you would fill in the gaps. May you increase while I decrease. And may your word come forth with great power and conviction. In the blessed name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, you may be seated. This message is actually a um, called a repeat, re reteach. I got that from uh, a pastor down in Texas while I was visiting called the re-preach, re-teach. How many of y'all remember the message on, don't forget to thank them? This is exactly why I got to preach it again. And I heard it said, I can't, I don't remember who said it, but the guy said, you haven't preached a sermon until you, you've preached it a hundred times. So after today, I got 98 more times to get this thing across to you all. So get ready, put your seatbelts on. Several years ago, uh, a good friend of mine reached out to me. He reached out to inform me that there was going to be a 90th birthday celebration for Miss Marie Moody. And he thought it important that we attend. Now I told him, I said, I wouldn't miss it for the world because uh, you have to understand the importance, the emphasis of us being there. You have to understand who Miss Marie Moody was. She was our next door neighbor. She lived next door to the Savages. We lived at 857 Cambridge. She lived at 859. And this lady ministered to our families in ways you, you couldn't believe. Um, she, when we didn't have uh, food, Miss Marie would feed us. When we didn't have enough clothes for school, Miss Marie would clothe us. Um, she was a, uh, a lunchroom teacher, cook for CPS. And she made these uh, butter cookies that were off the chain. And so I would be waiting for her door at her door every time she got back home from school. And I was like, Miss Marie, you got them cookies? You got them cookies? <laughs> she was, you got them cookies? And she got so tired of me asking her for these cookies. She actually gave me the recipe. Roland actually has the, um, the picture up there. This is Miss Marie at her 90th birthday celebration. Now, she hadn't seen me um, for like 30 years. Her, um, her daughter and her son-in-law moved her to Aurora. So we actually kind of lost contact over the years. I would talk to her and she would call my grandmother and my mom while we were... Um, while I was visiting with them. 
but she didn't get a chance to see me at, as an adult. But this is Miss Marie. Roland, go to the next slide. Miss Marie actually, I think she was the one that took this picture. And so the significance of it is that y'all see me, I actually got, got hair. That's me back there. I wanted y'all to know that I had hair once upon a time. But Miss Marie actually bought us these outfits. She went to Las Vegas and she brought back souvenirs. You see the little pouches, purses, my uh, sister, that's my sister, Felicia. That's Jermaine. That's my brother, Brian. He's with the Lord. Uh, went on past some years ago. And this is Jackie, our oldest sister. And that's my mom. That's mom Savage. But Miss Marie blessed us um, by buying us those outfits. She bought me my first bike. Um, she ministered to us in ways I can't even explain. Roland, go to the next slide. This is the butter cookie recipe. She got tired of me asking for it so much. Now, y'all, I'll give y'all a copy of this if y'all want it. <laughs> but she got tired of me asking. I could barely read it. She said, Brandon, uh, when you make these cookies, let me know how they turn out. I had to cut the recipe. I don't know, but let me know. Uh, I'm so sorry it took me so long to get it to you, but... Um, she was like, good eating to you. But that was Miss Marie. Now, fast forward to um, her birthday celebration. We get there and there's a line. I mean, there's hundreds of people in this, this gymnasium that they, they have put all these tables out and everything. And it's hundreds of people in there. They had a line from, from that door all the way up to this podium of people waiting to just say words of encouragement to Miss Marie and how she had blessed them. And my buddy said, you got to get up there. I said, I wouldn't miss it for the world. I got to stay. I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to stand in this line so I could publicly thank Miss Marie for the blessing that she was to my family. I wanted, to, I wanted her, even though she didn't remember me, her daughters did because they witnessed her ministry to our family. And here was the interesting thing. When I, when, as I look back over those testimonies, there was a, a young lady that had a miscarriage. And she said, she said, Miss Marie uh, came over every week. Miss Marie came over every week, sat with her, prayed with her, fed her every week. And the Lord used her to lift her out of her depression. She said she don't know what she would have done had not Miss Marie. She was in tears. She had everybody in tears. But I wanted to publicly thank her. And this is another way for me to honor her today. And just the ministry that she had to our family. And there was three things I wanted you to note down uh, in, in regards to being thankful. One is it honors the person that you're thanking. Number two, it nourishes the soul. It feels good when you know somebody really appreciates something that you've done for them, right? It feels good. We all know people that we've done stuff for and they don't even think about saying thank you. I got some family members like that. I ain't going to call no names, though. Number three, it's a testimony to others and encourages them to do the same. I walked out of there saying, I got to step my game up. I got to step my game up. Miss Marie was not only, I thought she was just ministering to our family. She was ministering to all those people. When she left Cabrini, she picked up her ministry and went right to Aurora and started ministering where she was in her church there. And so I wanted to share that with you all because see, here's the thing. It's one thing to forget to thank Miss Marie. 
And I was glad I got that opportunity because she actually passed a few months after her 90th birthday celebration. I almost missed it. But I was so thankful for the gut to God that I got a chance to verbalize to her and everybody was there, that was there, how much of an impact she had on our family. I didn't want to forget to thank her. It's one thing to forget to thank her, but it's a whole nother thing to forget to thank God. We live in a society now where thank you is becoming obsolete. People feel like they're privileged, like they're owed something. And today we want to look at our text this morning. It highlights 10 individuals who received a miraculous, life-changing event. And only one turned back to thank them. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them to Luke chapter 17. We'll start at verse 11 to 19, and the text reads as follows. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner. And as he said to them, that said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. We see these 10 individuals that Jesus came in contact with. They were what? They were lepers, right? Now we all know that leprosy was a disease of the skin. It was a very serious disease where the pigment in the skin would change right? There would be sores, sometimes lesions on the skin that um, would cause the body limbs to become numb, you know, and that was a problem because what happened is, is that as they would lose the feeling in those various limbs, they could injure themselves. And those injuries would then become infected. Thus, you would have pus and all kinds. Of, this is good talk, right? Especially after Thanksgiving, after the meal. <laughs> this is good talk. But the body also will become infected as a result of this. It was a very serious, nasty disease. And these individuals lifted up their voice and cried out to Jesus. And, the, and, and they needed something divine to happen, right? I'm pretty sure they had probably tried some other things. And we have to understand there were three things. That was the physical implications of having this disease, leprosy. But there was also social implications. They couldn't be around other people. They could only be around other lepers. They were disengaged from their family, their friends, because they were considered what? Unclean. In fact, when they came on the scene, they had to yell out, unclean, unclean, so people would know and they would stay away from them. That's why the text tells us that they stood at a distance. 
and lifted up their voices to Jesus. They couldn't come in close contact with him. They had to stay back. There's also some mental implications of that. What does this kind of remind you of? Anybody? Kind of remind you of COVID, right? There's mental implications of having this disease, being away from your family, being away from your friends, living a life of isolation. You know, during the COVID period, there were um, studies done that there were a number of people that were depressed. There were a number of people going through depression. There were a number of people, all kinds of things were happening. Divorces were happening. Various things were going on during the COVID period. Why do you all think that is? We are relational beings. God is a relational God. He calls us into relationship with him. We're created in his image and it's purpose for us to be in relationship with one another. That's not, that's why all of you all are not like me. <laughs> Somebody would say amen. Lisa said amen to that. Cynthia, amen to that. All of us are different. We got different gifts and ability and we bring those things together and we bless one another in that way. In terms of our relationship, we are designed to be long rangers in God's army. There's no long rangers in God, uh, God's army. When I hear a person say that they are self-made, I say that person is foolish. You are not self-made, but by the grace of God, <laughs> you will not be here first off. Somebody had to give birth to you. Somebody had to help you along the way. There's no such thing as a self-made nothing. But sinner, <laughs> you got you, you gonna own your own sin, even though we inherit it. You can own your own sin, right? And so these lepers understood that there was something special about Jesus. Because they, they yelled out to him, the text says, they stood at a distance and lifted up their voices. Imagine 10 men screaming out to Jesus, saying, Lord, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They understood that there was something divine about Jesus because they not only referred to him as Jesus, but they also referred to him as Master. And in the Greek, that word Master translates kurios, which means Lord. They understood that there was something divine about this man, Jesus, that this was their opportunity, that, that they wasn't going to miss it. Now, how did they find that out? I can't tell you that. Either they heard or they had witnessed the miracles that Jesus was performing. And so the leper stood at a distance and cried out to him. And here's something I want to point out. I'm so glad that we serve a God who all of his senses are working. His ears are working. His eyes are working, right? I've come to really appreciate that because my senses, as I've aged, I've matured. That's the new word now. We say we matured. My senses aren't what they used to be. My hearing isn't what it used to be. I used to play games with my wife. She would be talking to me and I'd be like, what, what, what you say? Knowing good and well, I heard everything she said. I just didn't want to have the conversation. But now I'm for real. I can't hear you. She think I'm playing. I said, what? What? What you say? Speak up. I can't read your lips. Lisa just said something to me before I walked up here. Leave the West Side alone. I had to come all the way over to her to listen what she was saying. Thank God that we serve El Shammah, the God that hears. He hears everything that's going on with us. He hears us when we cry out to him. He hears our prayers 24-7, 365. 
365 days a week, the God, our God hears. El Shama hears. The God that hears. Not only um, do he hears, the text tells us when he saw them. Who's that? Who's that? Somebody help me out. El Roy, the God that sees. Now, don't make me start and preach that message. Y'all should be able to tell me something. <laughs> we just did that not long ago, El Roy. But El Roy, the God that sees. Not only do we, we serve a God, El Shama, that hears, we also serve a God called El Roy that sees. And it says, when he saw them, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were what? They were cleansed. When I look at that text and I think about that, it's amazing to think how, how God holds everything together. I don't know how, I can't tell you how he hears all of us. Everybody, all the people in, I can't explain in my mind. I can't even wrap. I can't even hear uh, my wife sometimes, as I said, when she's talking to me, I can't, I don't hear, but God hears everything all the time. He sees us in our afflictions. He sees us in our hurts and our pains, everything that's going on, nothing get past him. But you know, it's good that God hears. It's good that God sees but I'm glad that we serve a God who arms alone and he can reach into our lives and turn our whole situations around. It's not to say, hey, if you see me, God, I'm, th I'm thankful. As I look at first Peter, first Peter says uh, three twelve. it says the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayers. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. I'm Lord. I'm glad you you watching. I'm glad you you're listening but Lord, I need you to do something. <laughs> I need these brothers like, Lord, we need you uh, uh, to, to get this leprosy off of us. And he says, go show yourselves to the priests. The priests were the one uh, that could validate their healing. So this was part of the process in order for them to transition back into the general population. The priests had to give them a thumbs up and clear them and say, hey, guys, you are cleared to go back with your families. But, you know, notice in the text, it says they weren't healed right away. They weren't healed. It said as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. Their faith activated their blessing. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't, don't hear me. Their faith activated their blessing. Now, here's the thing. When they sat down, when Jesus told them, they went immediately. They didn't stop. They didn't go up. They left and they started walking in faith. When we look at James uh, uh, chapter one, verses six to eight, it says this. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. When we come before the Lord and we pray, we have to have confidence and faith that not that our prayers are going to be answered in the way that we think. God might have a whole nother plan. So my praise and my thanks is not predicated on the outcome of my prayer. Y'all don't miss that. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. <laughs> I don't want y'all to miss that. My praise and thanks to God is not predicated on the outcome. 
of my prayer. What I'm looking at, I know that when I reach out and I cry out to God, he's going to do what's in my best interest. And I'm not praising him for what he's, do, what he's going to do. I'm praising him for what he's already done. I'm thankful for who he is. I'm thankful for what he's already done. And you've heard me say this before, and I'll say it again, that if God never lifts another finger for you, he's already done too much. He's already done too much. The day that Jesus hung on that cross, his blood was shed for you and I. He paid the penalty for our sins. He rose three days later, thus giving us the opportunity to be in relationship with him. That's enough. Book closed, case closed. Lord doesn't have to do anything else from that point on. But he does. <laughs> but he does. He sustains us. He keeps us going. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. But God is blessing us in ways that we can't even imagine. So as these guys were, geez, they were obedient to what Jesus told them to do. They were walking. And all of a sudden, the, the, the sword started to disappear. The skin started to dry up. They didn't have that odor stench from the infection of, of the wounds. That's disappeared, everything. And, and they were like on the way. Some of us need to be in the position of having that on the way praise. Anybody have some on the way praise? Anybody know about that? <laughs> that on the way praise? I ain't got it yet, but I'm praising the Lord. I'm thanking him. I got some on the way praise. And they, this, this one brother looked and he saw that he was healed. He turned back. He turned back to forgive thanks and praise to God. He was the only one that turned back to give praise and thanks to God. And the text tells us that he was what? A foreigner. He was a Samaritan. <laughs> he was one of the brothers from 71st Street out here that Pete and Dave talking to. He didn't know nothing about church. He was the unchurched. He didn't know nothing about the Jewish law and traditions and all of that stuff. All he knew that he was in a predicament just a short while ago. And his whole life, his whole situation was completely turned around. And he was thankful. It's like, man, now I can go back and be with my family. I can go back to my regular routine of things. But I guarantee you he didn't. I'm pretty sure that that brother was telling everybody about what Jesus had done for him. I'm pretty sure he was he was testifying as to the goodness of God and the blessing and the life changing experience that he just had. Only one and he was a Samaritan. I want to challenge you all to be careful because there's 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 such a thing as God could be too good to us sometimes. And we could get to a position where we think we take it for granted. You think you were supposed to walk through these doors today. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You would think you were supposed to be in your right mind today. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> uh -uh. We could take God's goodness for granted. And I'll say it again. God doesn't owe us anything. The text goes on to read. It says he fell down on his face and feet, giving thanks to God. Now he was a Samaritan. Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? 
What happened to the nine? I wish I could tell you all what happened to the nine. My, my, my thoughts were maybe some, maybe they got hung up trying to find the priests. Maybe they were so excited that they went home and, and, and just to be with their families and share. I don't know. I can't tell you. Maybe they were just downright ungrateful. Don't let that be us. <laughs> don't let that be us. Jesus said, we're not there. Ten cleanse. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return to give praise to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. We must remember, and I'll say it again, our thanks and praise to God is not predicated on the outcome of our prayers. We want to praise him and give thanks because he's worthy. If I was at St. Luke, somebody would say amen to that. We want to praise him because he's blessed us beyond measure. We want to praise him for his grace and his mercies that he pour out new on us every morning. Every single day. As we get ready to bring this thing to a close, I want to say this. I could praise the Lord because he's been better to me than I've been to myself. I did some foolish things over the course of my life. Some things I look back and it's like, what was I thinking? But God, <laughs> but God, I remember saying um, I would never get married. So I don't know, I was growing up because I didn't see married couples growing up in, in Cabrini Green. It was usually a mom might have a boyfriend here or there. That wasn't a common place to see a whole family together. So that wasn't on my radar. And the Lord says, shut your mouth, fool. I got a PYT, a pretty young thing from the South Side <laughs> that's set aside for you. And when we got married, I remember sitting down in pastor's office for uh, the, the marital checkup and pastor started talking about, uh, hey, hey, brother, it's your God. I can't look at you, pastor. He started talking about it's your godly duty to bring forth godly seed into this world. Malachi. <laughs> then I turned around. Everything he said was like that Charlie Brown. Wah, wah. I wasn't trying to hear none of that. None of it. So, man, we ain't trying to have no kids, Pastor. We having too much fun. We going everywhere. We was picking up, going camping, skiing, vacationing all over the place every weekend. None of it was really planned. It was like spur of the moment stuff. We was living it up, right, wife? <laughs> we was living it up. And then Pastor had to jump in. And say it's your godly duty to bring forth godly seed. Months later, we was pregnant with Micah. Taylor, Brandon, Brock. Our lives have never been the same. <laughs> and here's the thing. I thank the Lord for each one of them and the uniqueness that they bring to our family. And I couldn't imagine life without them. 
And I praise the Lord. I'm thankful for that. Thankful for my, my family. When I was struggling and didn't have a father, my father was in prison. And, and I was trying to find my way. And it's like the Lord blessed me with father figures. A guy by the name of Dana Thomas is my high school football coach. And he and I talk probably two, three times a week to this day. For the last, it's been almost over 30 plus years. We've been in fellowship with one another. He's been like a father. That's God's goodness. That's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He knows exactly what we need. And he's going to do it. He's going he's to bless us in that way. So I got so much to be thankful for. The last time I was up here, now to keep saying this, as I bring this thing to a close, I see Pastor's face. <laughs> when Pastor start looking like this, when I, bring, when I bring this thing to a close, I want to challenge you all. I didn't do this last time, but I want to challenge you all. Before you say yes, I want you to hear these three things that I'm going to ask you to do. I got this uh, thing from Pete Morrison, the whole idea of developing an attitude of gratitude. The first thing is you want to get up and thank God at the beginning of your day. You wake up, you want to give thanks to God at the beginning of your day. The second thing I want you to do is to thank somebody in your daily routine. You know, I was, I, I kind of, I hold the door open for uh, people in various places. I held the door open for this guy. He just walked right in, didn't say thanks. So it's not predicated on whether they deserve it or not. You just say that. You just say thank you very much. Thank you to them. The third thing I want you to do is to think about somebody like Miss Marie, somebody that has blessed you over the years. And each month, I want you to send out a thank you to them, whether it's via call, email, text, or send a card. I want you to just reach out to them and tell them how much of a blessing that they've been to you. One person, a different person every month for the next year, we want to do that. And so here, so here's the thing. Now, is this, I'm going to do your test, Pastor. Is it meaningful? Does it pass that test? Is this something meaningful? Y'all ain't with me. I keep going. I'll start all over again. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus. Don't make me start over again. Is it meaningful? What's the next one? Is it manageable? And is it measurable? We can quantify. We know if you got it done or not. So the first thing is thanking the Lord at the beginning of each day. The second thing is thanking somebody in your, your daily routine. Whether they did, they open the door. It could be somebody letting you move into a on the expressway, moving it, cutting ahead of you, or letting somebody go ahead in the line, or anything. Just being thankful and getting in the idea. We want to develop a thankful spirit, an attitude of gratitude, and first always giving thanks to God. And I guarantee you will be blessed. Thankful people tend to have less less stress. Huh? <laughs> Thankful people tend to have less stress. And when you all bent up and angry and ungrateful, that ass, that, 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 that's heavy to carry. And so we want to release all of that. We are the people of God. 
We should be lights leading the way. Our whole attitudes of gratitude, we should have that. And if there's somebody that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're like those lepers. You need to be cleansed. You're bound by sin. And Jesus died on the cross in order for us to be released from that bondage, thus giving us the opportunity to be in relationship with him. And all it is is saying, I believe, repent, and believe. Those two things. Believing that he died on the cross for your sins, rose again three days later. Trust him as Lord and Savior. Your life will be changed. I don't know who's going to be hearing this. I know we church folk here. Somebody might be watching on Zoom. I don't know. But that's what we do. We want to make sure we always give an opportunity to have a relationship with the Lord. So I want to see who's signing up for the challenge. There's a level of accountability. I want to see some hands. I see one. Can I get two? Can I get three? I see one. Two. Okay. All right. We got a few. We got a few that's committed to do it. It'd be nice to have everybody raise their hands, but that's going to be on the next. Don't forget the thank you message. We'll get everybody. <laughs> get everybody up. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. Your love for us is uh, beyond belief. Even when we uh, didn't deserve it, Lord, you sent your son to die for us. Lord, help us to be thankful individuals, Lord, having an attitude of gratitude, Lord God, that we would be the lights that shine in our communities, in our respective places. So we thank you for the saints, Lord, that are committed to um, the challenge of being thankful and extending also first thanks to you, then also thanks to others, Lord. And may we uh, lead the way in that area. So give them, give us what we need to carry that out and uh, be disciplined to do it. In Jesus' name, we thank you for this time. Amen. Amen.